0: You're listening to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. To connect with us, hop on social media or go to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Hey, church, it's really great to be with you again this Sunday. And I've got a real uh, word from God that's really burning on my heart to do with the um, nature and the person of the Holy Spirit. And I just feel, um, yeah, just so excited to share it with you. but more than just excited, I want to convey something of the sincerity and the joy and the peace and the, I don't know, just the comfort that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to us today, right now, this Sunday. Even though this is recorded, I believe God can reach out and touch you right in the very room that you're in, that there can be a move of the Holy Spirit in the room that you're watching in your heart today as I preach. I want to talk about the power, the authority, the I know, the uninhibited person of the Holy Spirit. And I have felt such a stirring in my spirit to remind us as a church family that we are in a season that specifically the Father has talked about to us about the Spirit without measure. You know, all of us, I think, are a little over online church, but we need to be aware that we all have the ability to lean in and listen and hear God speak to us today. You know, I'm like you, I'm at home watching myself preach, which is the strangest feeling, you know, and I can be disconnected from that. But I really want to get your attention this morning. I want you to sit up and take note. I don't want you to be on your phone too much. I want you to hear what the Father is speaking, what the Holy Spirit is brooding over in this message. Today, You know, soon we're going to all be back together in this church building and that'll be incredible. You know, and we're looking for times of the Holy Spirit moving and and that will be incredible. But I want to say just one more time to you, the Holy Spirit can move today, right now, in your room, in your heart, as I preach the word of God to you. So it would be easy to think that with all that we've experienced in the last three to four months uh, that a pandemic or government actions have hijacked the plan and purposes of God for 2020. And, you know, if you honestly, if we look at the economic chaos um, caused by the pandemic, we could be talking of years of disruption. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is not limited by the affairs of men. The Holy Spirit is not limited by the economy of this world. The Holy Spirit is not limited. He's not limited by death and disease and destruction. He's not even limited by my limitations. The Holy Spirit has been promised to be poured out upon all flesh because the Spirit of God, the Spirit of freedom is liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, my Bible tells me in Corinthians, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom right today, even as I speak You can be stirred by these words that there is freedom and hope in the Holy Ghost for you today as a believer. For where the Spirit of the Lord is and by um, implication, where the Spirit of the Lord goes, there is freedom. There is liberty. Isaiah tells you and I, and Jesus directly quoted this scripture, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me He was referring to being clothed, anointed, wrapped in the spirit of the Lord being upon him, anointed with oil. And because he is upon me, because I am anointed, I am here to proclaim liberty to the captives, Jesus said. And that same spirit is upon us to proclaim liberty to those who are bound up, the captives. You know, far from being a gentle or a passive word, Proclaim is a bulldozer of a word. It, it's a word that dynamites the lies and the tactics of the enemy. But proclamation, you know, is nothing unless there is a people or a person to voice that proclamation. I believe the Holy Spirit is stirring you and I up today to start proclaiming the Holy Spirit over our lives, over the lives of our loved ones, over our church, over this region. Proclamation is the power of God and it comes upon us to be the proclaimers in this season. The truth is that nothing can stand or remain the same when the wind of the Holy Spirit blows across the land. You'll see in the background we've got here, Gone with the Wind from that famous title uh, movie title. You know, when Margaret Mitchell gave the title Gone with the Wind to her epic novel. She was referring to the monumental changes that America experienced because of the Civil War. Nothing could stand before the winds of change. And I want to tell you something, nothing can stand before the wind of change that the Holy Spirit wants to bring in your and my life and to this region, the Morton Bay region. The Holy Spirit wants to move and he wants to shift Stuff that has been settled here for centuries. He wants to move it so that it is known again as a region, a land of the Holy Spirit. I believe it with all my heart, and we have not been knocked off course because of what has happened this year. But actually, God is saying, Hey, I'm on track. Will you track with me today? Come back in line, align yourself to the purpose of God for yourself and for this region. You see, As believers, we easily slip into containing the Holy Spirit, containing the Holy Spirit, where He wants us to be influenced to have our, as it were, our sails filled with that wind, to move with him, uh, to move, as it were, before the mighty rushing wind that is the Holy Spirit that the scripture speaks about. The Holy Spirit is the wind. I want us to reflect and have our eyes opened again today as we take a few short minutes to look at the work of the Holy Spirit because the Bible refers so often to the Holy Spirit being like a wind and it refers to it like that for a very good reason. In fact, I believe God wants to stir you and to stir me today like a wind would stir and refresh us. You know, my heart for you today is to take another look at the beautiful person of the Holy Spirit and understand that the enemy would love to trivialise him to you today. We can view the Holy Spirit as a a bit of an old mate in slippers and a cardigan sitting in a fireside chair next to us. You know, whereas the scripture shows him to be a deliverer, he liberates the captives. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He has come to set you and I free. He has come that we no longer need to stay in the bondage and cycles of sin. Scripture shows the Holy Spirit to be the enabling oil of God, the enabling me to do what I wasn't able to do before. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He has anointed me to preach, to heal, to bring release. Scripture shows the Holy Spirit to be the one I should run to first when I need comfort not the bottle, not drugs, not pornography, not the online world. Jesus sent the comforter for you and me for a reason, so that we will be comforted in the time that we need comforting. Scripture reveals the Holy Spirit to be the destroyer of deception and lies. We sing, there's no shadow, you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you into all truth. Not some truth, not relative truth, not the truth that you prefer, all truth. The truth of the word of God, the truth of his spirit, the truth of eternity. God is not compartmentalised. He is a God that wants every part of you and I, our whole being. He doesn't want just a bit of you today. He wants all of you and he wants all of me. You know, he never forces us to change, but he's too in love with us to leave us the way we are. The Holy Spirit, he says, came as the parakletos, is the Greek word, the one who walks beside to advocate on your and my behalf, to help us where we couldn't help ourselves. This is the good news today, that the Holy Spirit is not a thing of the past. He's not been relegated to back then. The Holy Spirit is today in living relationship with you and I. And have we made him too small in our sight? I want us to see him enlarged in your sight and in my sight today. There are people listening to me today who have taken on board the enemy's lies. You are on your own. It's you against the world. Look after yourself because no one else will. I want to tell you the Holy Spirit has come. He has been sent to lead and to guide you and to help you in your present circumstance. Even, you know, as I'm speaking, I, I want you to acknowledge, yes, Lord, I've kind of been lulled into a bit of sleepiness about where the Holy Spirit is concerned. He's not this just this sort of, yes, there is that dove of the Holy Spirit, but there's the powerful nature of the Holy Spirit that has come to help you and I. You know, there's an area of ocean around the equator between West Africa and South America that sailors have avoided throughout history, it's known as the doldrums, ships caught in this area, completely lose speed because the wind just drops for weeks and then massive storms can flare up and destroy the ships and then the storms just drop away just as quickly, just as suddenly. You know sometimes being caught in the doldrums was a matter of life or death because food and water could run out for the whole ship because they couldn't make any progress, they couldn't get land to restock and sometimes whole ships All the sailors on board would perish. Where do you find yourself today? Are you purposefully on course and tracking with the Holy Spirit at your back? Or are you in the COVID doldrums? Or maybe you've been in a long season of inactivity, periods of drama in your life and maybe feeling like your supplies are running out. Maybe you feel like you're only just clinging on to God. I've got good news for you today. The Holy Spirit is here to be the wind that backs your sails and gets you moving again, gets you back on track with a sense of purpose for your life. We are not subject to the purposelessness of the world. We are subject to the purposefulness of God. You try saying all of that, it's quite difficult to say. But anyway, this is the message for you today because the Holy Spirit is coming to you and inviting you to come and unroll your sails Get them out of storage, get your sails back up and get the wind of the Holy Spirit in your sails and move forward with God today. There is a moving of the Holy Spirit if we would lean into it and catch it. And I believe in that you and I today are going to respond to that because we are feeling stirred. I am feeling stirred, church, because this is the truth of the scripture. You know, He wants to be more than a playful breeze to us. You know, I love that in our services, sometimes we have a break out of the Holy Spirit and laughter and. Crying and all these different manifestations. And these are wonderful, wonderful things. But he wants to be more than that, or he wants to complete that. He wants to be that wind in our cells that gets us up on a Monday morning, gets us into our jobs, living right, living strongly, living well, not just existing from Sunday to Sunday, but actually knowing that the Holy Spirit wants to be that wind in our cells throughout the whole week. More than just a gust that picks up a few leaves and spins them around and then they just drop back to earth for a second. You know, church, we don't want to have Holy Spirit moments. We want to have Holy Spirit movement in our lives, not brief encounters. You know, the Holy Spirit, He wants to be the defining influence in your and my life. He wants to be the primary shaper and chief motivator. You know, are you subject to the spirit of the world or are you subject to the spirit of God? Whichever you're subject to, you will be shaped by B-shaped. Be subjected to the Holy Spirit of God. Make that decision for yourself today. If you're baptised in the Holy Spirit, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, realise again the gift of God that it lies within your heart and in your your soul. You know, James talks strongly to the church of his time about a people who were being blown all over the place by every wind of doctrine. He was saying that doctrines, they come and they go, but the Holy Spirit wants to be that persistent, reliable and defining power in every believer. Life doctrines come and go, the Holy Spirit remains the same in us. Indeed, the emphasis that the Holy Spirit has for kingdom culture, he said this year, been and is spirit without measure. This hasn't changed. What better picture of something unmeasurable, limitless, untamed, and powerful than the wind to describe? the nature of the Holy Spirit. You know, the wind is a descriptor, a word picture of something, someone who changes landscapes. The wind brings direction. The wind influences seasons. The wind influences weather patterns. Ultimately, the wind um, influences the plans and the lives and the futures of men. Jensen Franklin, many of you would have heard of a great preacher from America. He recounts a story from a few years ago about uh, the Los Angeles City Hall. They were tired of the horrific pollution that lay over the city, hung heavy over the city. You could hardly see the sun sometimes. It was so thick. So they hired an expert to come up with a solution to the problem. He spent weeks analysing data, weather patterns, analysing air pollution, and analysing industrial waste. And he presented his findings months later to the city council. And his conclusion was, there was no solution that money could buy for LA's pollution problem. I mean, what a letdown that would, would have been to hear that. But he concluded almost as an afterthought that what that city needed was a wind from elsewhere to come in and sweep down from the hills and push the pollution out to sea. You know, we live in a world that needs a touch of the Holy Spirit to come and blast through and to drive the pollution of sin out to sea. In many ways, the invasion of the upper room in Acts 2 by the Holy Spirit, as described there as a mighty rushing wind, was the result of a crisis of sin. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament closed out with the book of Malachi. And in there, Malachi details the extent of the sin pollution that Israel had fallen into Israel, God's chosen, had become so polluted that God stopped speaking to them for, for over 600 years. The next 600 years, from the close of the Old Testament to the beginning of the New Testament, God Was silent. There is no record of anyone encountering God in that period. The pollution of sin was thick and heavy upon the human race. No wonder when Jesus was born and Anna and Simeon met him in the temple, he was just a baby, and they wept and they danced for joy. They couldn't help but prophesy over him because they had met the Savior, the Redeemer, the Messiah who brought hope back to the world, the solution to the pollution. Problem of sin. No wonder hope was kicking like a baby in the womb because the people who sat in darkness had seen a great light, a great light, like a new day dawning. And then the Messiah comes and Jesus lives his life, but he doesn't overthrow the enemies of Israel. He dies on a cross. And it seems as though all hope and the excitement of the coming kingdom of God just dissipates like a puff of smoke. And even after the resurrection, there were, the, the disciples and the, and the believers were scattered and there was uncertainty of fear among the believers so they all gathered in this room they were praying together, they were waiting to see what God would do and then in Acts 2 verse 1 to 2 we read when the day of Pentecost was fully come, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind and it filled the upper room, it filled the believers, it filled the church that had become rigid, formal and religious and had lost its passion and fervency for God. God breathed The wind from elsewhere, the wind of heaven. And that wind began to sweep the sin pollution of centuries out to sea. It was promised that the Holy Ghost would come with power. Jesus promised this and he did. And the power that he brings enables believers to live free of sin polluting grip. You see, what we can so easily forget is that in this room, this upper room with the disciples, we're not a collection of spiritual giants or intellectual minds, but a group of people clinging on to a hope that Jesus would come good on his promise and that they would receive power and that they would receive power to live and tell the world about Jesus. Let's think about this. In this room was Matthew. He was worried because what was going to stop him going back to his old life of money extortion. Jesus was gone. In this room was Thomas, already labelled a doubter. What was going to keep him from giving into doubt when the pressure was back on now that Jesus was gone? In this room was Martha and she was already filling in the long days by cooking, cleaning and fussing and more cooking, cleaning and fussing. She was reverting to type because Jesus was gone. In this room was Peter. He had sworn blind that he didn't know Jesus, denying and deserting him in Jesus' hour of greatest need. Jesus was gone. And you know, what I see as one of the greatest miracles that happened on Pentecost was when the Holy Spirit was poured out like a mighty rushing wind, was new boldness came upon each of the disciples and the pollution of sin The pollution of doubt, the pollution of self-hate, the pollution of fear and the pollution of fear of failure that had hung around even after encounter with the Son of God were swept out to sea by the power of the Holy Spirit and it was drowned in the sea of forgetfulness It was gone with that wind because the power of the Holy Spirit brings enablement to deal the death blow to the cycle of sin. And that is good news for you. And it is good news for me today. One of the hindrances to the gospel's promotion, you know, is not atheism or consumerism or communism. That one of the chiefest things that hinders the Gospels is that we do not believe that there is a solution to the cycle of sin we find, sometimes find ourselves and that trips us up, the enemy trips us up. But I want to tell you today, again, I'm going to keep on saying it till you believe it's true. The Holy Spirit has come not to be, um, not to be something that you just get dressed up in or I don't know, like a new pair of shoes or whatever, that some, a t- a something that just makes you look better. The Holy Spirit has come to empower you and me to walk godly in this present world so that people will look at us and say, I want what they've got. And they get filled with the Holy Spirit too. They meet Jesus and get filled and touched by the power of God. You know, the power that Jesus promised That would come when the Holy Spirit was poured out was certainly to see the dead raised. It was certainly to see the sick healed and the unbelievers saved. But it was also the power for believers to live a faith filled life, sin free. The wind of the Holy Spirit brings a fresh start, a new perspective, and the ability to live above what previously dragged you and I down. You know, I believe we all need a periodic wind from elsewhere to sweep in and cleanse us from that residual lingering pollution, the clutter that can just cling to our hearts and our mind and our soul. We need that Holy Spirit to come so we can release it. So all of that stuff is gone with the wind. It's gone, never to be brought back again. You know, this is why speaking in tongues is not a novelty or like a party trick to me. It's a lifeline. It's a lifeline for me daily speaking in tongues. You know, Is speaking in tongues a sign of a spirit-filled life? Well, maybe the correct question really should be um, that we need to know whether we are filled once or continued to be filled. You know, it's really, really important that we understand That where Paul was talking in Ephesians, he addresses in his wonderful letter to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 5, he spends the whole chapter warning the church not to be lulled to sleep and to maintain their God-given purity and not to be influenced by the world. And in verses 80 to 19 of that chapter, he says, don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs for Your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. That's Ephesians 5 18 in the message. But the backstory to why Paul wrote these words is important. Ephesus was a seaport with all the associated vices, the immorality, the drunkenness. Paul's words to the Ephesians were very pointed. They would have understood the context immediately. He was saying, Hey, church. We have a different kind of drink and a different source of enjoyment and joy from the culture of this world. Paul is describing the importance of continually being filled so that we don't become consumed by the culture of the day. The word he uses about being filled is... Kleruthe, which means be being filled, continue to be being filled, is the expression here. It's used in relation to the Holy Spirit. What it's saying is allow yourself to be continually made full. Stay in that place of being continually made full. You know, the local pub, not that I frequent it at all, but the local pub invariably has when different kinds of drinkers—some sip it, one drink all night long; others gulp down two or three drinks, then switch to something non-alcoholic—and then some studi- suddenly, some steadily drain their glass after glass for as long as the barman will serve them. The phrase "filled with the Holy Spirit" can be uh, rendered "being constantly under the influence of," "being constantly under the influence of." Paul utilized. The drinking tendencies of his day, which weren't much different than now, if we're honest, to illustrate the way we should approach our relationship with God. So he said in the scripture we read, don't get drunk on the wine. But in this case, what the word he's using is be filled with. It's the perfect tense, which means it's the continuing, ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. You know when most of us think about being filled with the Spirit we tend to picture something that happened and was accomplished. What Paul was saying is like filling a glass of water setting it on the counter. He's saying that's not what it's like but what he's saying is it's in the constant state of being filled. A constant state of being filled. Being constantly influenced by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is here today on these words as I'm speaking. It's so important that we understand, do we contain the Holy Spirit? We might not want to see it like that. Are we containing him or are we possessed of him? know how we answer this question reveals how we view his influence in our lives and how we relate to him. I, I'm, In closing, I've been thinking just g- briefly about the different types of winds there are. I had to go back to my geography days at school, which was a long time ago. There's the Maestro, a wind in France, comes from the north wind. It's a freezing, bitterly cold wind, but it clears the skies. And it's loved by the winemakers of France because it gives... 300 days of sunshine and makes the best wine. There's the Chinook wind that comes from the Rocky Mountains in Canada and it warms the uh, the frozen soil and it makes it ready for the new season. There's the Fremantle Doctor in, in WA where it blows in off the Indian Ocean and it cools everyone in the heat of the day. Now, maybe today there's some residual stuff that you need shifted in your life. Maybe today there's some pollution residual pollution that you need to be gone with the wind. The good news is that Jesus hasn't left us comfortless, but empowered. He's empowered. We are empowered by the comforter. I'm going to pray. Father, there's people that are listening to me that feel like they've they been frozen. They're frozen in time. Lord, send the warm wind of your Holy Spirit to bring them into And you season them, a people that have been in the heat of the day. Lord, send your refreshing Holy Spirit to refresh them and to love on them. Father, we need the touch of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we, we, uh, we, we think of Ezekiel and the, and the dry bones, the valley of dry bones, where he said, you said to him, speak to the bones and speak to the wind. Lord, we, ha- we are preparing ourselves to come back to church, but we need, that's the form, that's the bones that are rattled, that bones that are standing back up on their feet. But God, we need to speak to you, the Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit, to come and fill these bones, these plans that we have for the rest of the year. Come and fill them and do what only you can do. Make us that mighty army. Make us a powerful people. Make us a people that love, trust and serve you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Come and set us free. Bring us into liberty even more today. Help us to walk in tune with you this week and to set ourselves to be blown and moved by you, Holy Spirit. We submit ourselves to you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.